Welcome to Road Talk. It is Monday, November 25th, Thanksgiving week. We got a holiday week here, uh, Kyle, so we're going to get you everything early. It is a Monday, so um, we're going to get you everything roadie basketball, PC basketball. What a debacle that was on Saturday. Uh, and then, you know, the and then the URI football team. But, uh, Kyle? No, no debacle know. about that one? Yeah, ho, that, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> they're just gonna throw it out there right away gonna get them fired up and started so uh but we got a holiday week some a uh, short week here for some people i know like you know kyle thursday i'm guessing half day wednesday or you got a full day wednesday what's what's school system looking mm, like nah full day full, full day. day wednesday but off friday off thursday friday nice oh, yeah. long weekend nice awesome. and let's let's be real thursday like half the kids are in school anyway so wednesday you mean oh uh, yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah, yeah. Wednesday, yeah the day before and then obviously thursday friday off. yeah yeah wow well how about, that's good how about you well how does yours fall here well, you know, I used to, I mean, I, sometimes I used to work, I'll work Wednesday cause it's a busy day with Duncan people traveling. It Wednesday's yeah. actually oh, yeah. typically a super busy day for us. And then Friday, uh, with Black Friday, it slowed down a tiny bit, but to be honest, it's a pretty busy day too cause people are out in the malls, uh, shopping. So Wednesday and Friday are, are pretty busy days. The Thanksgiving, you'd be surprised at how many people buy sandwiches, but overall it's kind of a slow day. Um, not bad though. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So I'll be around, uh, most of the weekend, but, uh, Exciting. I mean, I'm really pumped for like football this weekend. I think Michigan Ohio State is going to be fun. You know, they get the rivalry games coming up on Saturday. Uh, college basketball is in full swing. You got some games and tournaments going on, the Maui Invitational, stuff like that starting today. So it's a great day to just like, or a great weekend, sorry, to just get drunk with some old friends, uh, hang out and just watch some sports. So nothing wrong think, with that. No, I think there'll be a whole lot of that. Like oh. you said, you mentioned the tournaments, but we always get a bunch of those coming up. And now it's right around that time where even, like I, I know PC for sure will be playing on Thursday itself on yep. Thanksgiving, you know, yep. so it's, it's just right in the middle of your day. Uh, if you can get yelled at, I mean, if rather you can get away without getting yelled at or scolded, you can go watch some games. I usually try to do that one on my phone mm-hmm. because it usually won't end well. You know, if everybody catches you watching yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. I hear but I do, we do it anyway. We I got to scratch that itch. Got to do it. So, I mean, I did it yesterday. LSU. I tried to watch a little stream there of the, of the game. Uh, at the girlfriend's house, so girlfriend's family's house. So, um, all right, let's get right into it. I say, you know, I know college basketball is in full swing. We want to get to it, but let's just end it, okay? So we got the football <laughs> season wrapping up. Uh, put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. Tie it up. Uh, Rhode Island played uh, James Madison over the weekend. Uh, number two, James Madison. That is fifty-five twenty-one loss. The season comes to an end Saturday afternoon. At Mead, uh, 2-10 finish to the season. I mean, I, I we can talk about the game specifically. Really not all that much to talk about. 31 nothing at halftime. Not super competitive. They did put some points on the board. Uh, guys like Parker getting some milestones. And, you know, good to see um, guys like that, you know, getting some getting some personal records anyway. But overall, uh, season 2-10, and 10, not the way Rhode Island anticipated it. Kyle, any final thoughts or any just thoughts on James Madison game or, or anything you want to? throw out there uh i mean james madison game itself i mean not much to be said there i think that pretty much went with what was expected pretty close to the spread i believe they covered right i mean uh james madison that is james madison covered oh yeah it was a 28 point spread yep yeah so i mean pretty much went on par with that what you'd expect uh based on the whole season i mean i think you could see that pretty early on i think roadie had had enough (laughs) they were not playing very well to start and so that was kind of it for them they folded with that overall bob i mean for a team we knew a few question marks obviously at receiver and such really you knew you're going to get but at other parts of the team unknowns um expecting a pretty good year i would say certainly better than two and ten i think everybody was i mean didn't we talk at the beginning of the year about like fleming coming on and like successful season would be like eight wins or something oh yeah there were a lot of i don't want to like put words into his mouth what he ex- not say he expected that from no, the team but wasn't but- it worded like what was considered successful or something? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much put out there. You know, the the five and six or the six and five season was good, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, seasons like that were good. And last year's winning season was fine, but they wanted to build upon that. Playoffs are kind of a uh, a discussion, you know, with with the talent on this team on offense and everything that they were returning. So, I mean, you know, we don't want to put words in his mouth because I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something around there. I mean, playoffs were discussed, a winning season was discussed, and it just didn't happen. And I think that's kind of the scary part where it wasn't built upon at all. And if anything, you know, the, those those expectations versus reality uh, really underachieved this year. And so I, I guess that question, though, for us, is it, you know, is it 
there's talent that doesn't achieve or is have we been wrong the whole time and maybe there isn't as much talent as we thought to begin with you know what i mean well it's tough to i I get exactly what you're saying yeah is it is it the talent on the field is it the coaching on the sidelines is it a combination of both you know what is it are we really not as talented as we thought i would say kyle i mean just looking back on it you know, the defensive talent may not have been there. You had a couple of guys here in spots, but we kind of said that the front seven was going to struggle a little bit. We just didn't know to the extent that it was going to struggle. It really had a tough time this season, a run defense, pass defense, anything really. The front seven struggled immensely. You had some good guys out wide. You got Mabai, guys like that at safety, uh, Javier Castillo at linebacker, and and guys like that that are all over the field, but they can only do so much against these high-powered and, and tough CAA offenses. But really, there's no excuse on the offensive side, Kyle. I mean, Vito Priori, we didn't really know what to expect. I know it got kind of ugly here towards the end, and ugly is a bad word, but you know, not as good as it did start out with. But I mean, he threw for over 3,000 yards, 22 touchdowns. You had two guys, two receivers, Aaron Parker and Isaiah Coulter, over 1,000 yards receiving. That is so impressive. I don't know how often that's happened in school history, but, I mean, you got two guys like that on the outside. Plenty of talent on the offensive side. Uh, it, it really just came down to the defense not being able to make big stops and giving up huge plays. And, you know, you're really 10 plays away from possibly having a winning season and stuff like that. It's just things didn't go your way but I just I think the talent was there it it, some point some of it you might have to point towards coaching whether it's coordinators or whatever else but I really do think they had enough talent or more talent than uh, a two and ten season that's for sure yeah I don't want to agree with you but I mean kind of where I'm at too like I'm not saying that you have talent of you know to finish in the top spot in the league I think that's pretty clear that's that's not where you are but I also don't think you are you know as far as we're considered last in the league going, you know, what was it? Oh, and eight in conference, like kind of reverting back to the gosh, the last few years of misery, like just falling back into that pit again. And so that, I think from that expectation, it's certainly disappointing. I think, you know, it's tough to narrow it down when a team goes two and 10 as to what's wrong. It usually feels like a lot, but I'd even argue like if you want to pick something would be running game on both sides on the offensive side. We talked about it. They never got it going. I mean, the passing game was never really much of a um, a question mark. They had a great year all year with that talent. That was for sure. Rushing up for, as a season, didn't even get 100 yards on offense. And then defensively, they gave up almost 250 on average for the year. I mean, that's just – that's unheard of. You can't be having that. That's not good enough. And then roughly 36 points allowed on defense as well. It's just tough to win when you're asking that much of your offense. You're putting that much strain um, they even had good games and sometimes it's not enough in the thirties. You got to be better on that defensive side. I think. And then I, as the season went on, I feel like we saw that regression go on. I almost feel like too, Bob, we didn't pick up on it earlier in the year. Some of the defensive problems, right. Or like, I feel almost feel like we focused on the offense because of the unknown with Vito. And then like, we were just kind of like, well, they're playing good overall and they're competitive in these games, but maybe we missed that there were warning signs along the way with the defense that they never really got off to a great start. And, you know, they struggled to really hold opponents. I'm, I would say they only held what three or four, maybe a few more than that um, to less than 30 points in a game. It was just, it's too many to give up and expect to ask of that over your offense every single time to bail you out. Right. And the games that they did do that, it was opponents like Merrimack. I can think off the top of my head, Brown. Um, yeah. That really could have been it. I don't, I don't know. How many more? The two wins. Those are the only ones they held under thirty uh, points. It was three. Sorry, three. it was the UNH game. They lost twenty. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So other than that, those three games. Tough. I mean, defensively, you finished last in pretty much every statistical category. Uh, total defense last. Rushing Ugh. defense last. Uh, passing defense. You know, passing defense wasn't too bad. I think you finished second in the league, which is funny. Uh, we always mention that it was really the rushing defense that absolutely killed you. So. Um, you had the second-rated passing offense in the conference, sixth-rated total offense in the conference, but you come away with two wins, uh, none of them in conference. You're like you mentioned it, zero and eight in conference this season. So, Kyle, just as a broader pitcher here, uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, whether they're calling for the head coach's job, their you know lack of funding, there's a lot of things, finger point, whatever else. Um, this is exactly what you didn't want to happen if you're Thor Bjorn and Coach Fleming. You have that success last season. You get the new field, a lot of hype coming into this season, a lot of expectations, and you just follow it up like you kind of have all your past winning seasons over the last couple decades where 2-10, and 10, 
very, you know, uncompetitive in some of these games, competitive in some of them, but honestly, the way you lost those games looked ugly as well. So big picture here for football, Kyle. I don't know where we stand. I don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. We don't know if we're going to see a coaching change, if we're going to see coordinators change or whatever else, but I got to be honest here, Kyle, something's got to change because it seems like the one winning season is the outlier. This two and 10 is not the outlier. So, yeah, I, I don't, expect like something major like head coach wise I don't think so yet for what it's worth I feel like you know you get the good year last year this year down and I feel like it's maybe almost one more let's let's see what it looks like you know what I mean if you end up with another two and ten we might be having a different discussion um at this time next year but we also really haven't heard any rumblings either about like job security or anything like that so that that you know leads me to think that it's not an issue right now and that's not on the table um I would expect some kind of changes though, where it's like coaching staff, people, some kind of turnover. There has to be something clearly done. You can't come back with the status quo. It's just, it's not good enough, but I I don't think it's at the head coach position yet. I think, you know, they, they've established their relationship, what they can do. I think Thor has a lot of confidence in him, you know, and I think last year that a lot of that was validated and I'm hoping that he just looks at it as a few breaks this year, you know, the difference between like a close to 500 season and then the kind of the, the debacle that you ended up with at the end of the year here. But, that, I think that's where I'm at. I wouldn't be surprised about like coordinators or such. Obviously, assistant coaches like just try to get some new voices in there. You know? Yeah, and really, to be honest with you, it, it kind of comes down to, and it's not really a built-in excuse, but uh, we got to look at you know, and we don't know the information. At least I don't. I, I don't think you do either. But uh, what kind of salary pool are we getting for these assistants? Are we getting top level assistants that CAA football should be getting? Uh, you know, is that something where they invested into the field and the program? Can they reinvest and try to build that coaching staff, you know, help with recruiting and, and build up from that way? Um, instead of just hoping to find another guy and hoping he can fix it. If we get some top, uh, level guys or guys that are, you know, have the abilities to coach at this high level, CAA is top, top in the country. So, uh, we might have to look at that. So I know Thor, it, just talking to him, we've had conversations with him, interviews on this podcast. He loves his football program. He's going to do everything to build it. There's no reason to quit on it. Um, you're in a successful league, successful program. Uh, so much and so forth. So he's not going to give up on it. I just think that they got to look at different ways of being innovative with their limited spending and hopefully being able to capitalize and get a few more winning seasons here. So I think it's a great point. Still using that asset that you just invested in that field and lights. And I mean, it drew, it drew people there. There's no Huge. doubt about it to Huge. start the air. It absolutely worked. And so, I mean, from that small aspect, it's just trying to hopefully not lose that momentum in any way. And that's what I worry about this year, the way it felt that you lost interest as the year progressed. You know what I mean? Early on, you had the interest there. There were plenty of people there. We were some of them. And so, you know, it's a, it's a little bit cautious here to see how it plays out and how to win that back. I will say um, it was, I mean, it looked empty. That 2,800 in the stands, James Madison draw. That's Are you going to? That's Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just I'm not going to brag about being right. I'm not going to do that. You can take um, a victory lap. I'll here. take a, I'll it's, ta- it's okay. It's not but hold on, it's a bittersweet victory lap because it's really sad. Like the the you could it really kind of goes to show that the the program does not have the support if it's not winning. It's just I kind of anticipated that the weather and and how the season's gone and people just know that they were going to get smacked. Nobody showed up and it was kind of true on senior day, 2800 people. That's that's tough. I don't want to take a victory lap. That's a really hard thing to swallow. The football program had no support on Saturday. None. No, that's that's a good point. I know I had a little bit more faith, but I I think it just played into with the way the season's gone, the losing of interest. It wasn't bad weather. It wasn't even that no, cold. No, it wasn't even that it was cold. Fine. Right. A little sunny, forty, whatever it was. Like it's what you'd expect, pretty much, on a you know an afternoon in November. So I think all that's depressing. Like you said, on senior day, usually a big day, a nice final you know, goodbye with a nice tailgate. And it just didn't even pan out even with the number two team in town. Right. That just, uh, I think that speaks to a little bit of that, that apathy at the end of the year, just yeah, tough not to, invested in it. Tough way to send off guys like Aaron Parker, who have really, you know, put this program on the map in some sort of ways, Kyle Murphy, those guys, they're going to be playing in the Pasadena bowl, uh, which was awesome. You know, great seasons by them and, you know, props to them for the season last year and this year, just coming out and doing what they do. Um, but it was, you know, a little bit sad on Saturday. So we'll just have to see what happens in the upcoming weeks. We'll get, we'll keep talking about the football program little by little and stuff like that. But uh, overall, season ended two and ten. Not what you would hope. I mean, 
if you told us, Kyle, in August that we were going to sit here and say this football program would be two and ten, I think the two of us would be like, "How? Why? It didn't make I I really I thought six and six. That was my prediction. I kind of thought that they could still be there. They are a few plays away from that, but two and ten, and the way that they lost some of these games, it's really brutal. It's not good. So yeah, I just thought they'd be a little more competitive, Definitely. or at least I don't know, come out on the right side. Some of these would, yes. felt like unlucky games. Right. Like at least some would go in your favor. I don't know. It just felt like that's how the year started, at least where it felt unlucky. And I wonder if that crept in by the end of the year and leading into actually like doubt because the games towards the end of the year weren't that competitive aside from me. Absolutely. So you nailed it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. You know, any news that comes down, we'll obviously get it to you. Roadie football though finishes the season. I say say it again, two and ten. So uh, anything comes out with the guys and NFL stuff, whatever, we'll obviously talk about. So, but we're yeah. into college basketball. So uh, let's switch it up. Let's switch. I mean, to be honest. This isn't going to get a lot more positive. I mean, it, uh, definitely a little bit. But um, we are going to start with the Friars of Providence. So we last spoke last Monday. Our last episode came out. So they had two games, uh, Merrimack and Penn. So both winnable games, both beatable opponents. Uh, you know Penn gave Alabama some tr- trouble. So you know you'd have uh, at least a competitive game there in a way. So Merrimack, they start off slow, but they end up crushing them 93-56. They win it. But, Kyle, I mean, PCBB, hashtag PCBB was on fire on Saturday. Um, they go down 47 to 30, I believe it was, at halftime against Penn. Yeah. Huge deficit, not looking good. And then, you know, they do come back a little bit in the second half, make it interesting. But I would say another bad loss on their schedule, Penn. Uh, they lose that one 81 75. So, two bad losses right now on this, two losses on the year for the Providence. Neither of them very good. So, Kyle, give me your thoughts um, on the week this past week for the Friars. Oh, boy. I mean, you get a little bit of both, the good and the bad, where the good is, you know, putting away a team like Merrimack, and the score, indi- uh, the score rather indicates that, that you just you took over, and certainly the better, more athletic, better basketball team. And then you get the other side of the coin with Penn, where it just never really clicked, and this one never really came together. I think we can say now, especially after watching many games in a row, these slow starts are killing them. They're getting every single game, it feels like, or at least in the last, what, four, if one includes St. Peter's, starting with Northwest, Northwestern, maybe. I guess you could argue and NJIT, too, but that one wasn't as bad. But at least the last four, really slow starts and early on. And at least they've, you know, they dug out of the way of a couple of them. But Northwestern on the road never really got that extra, you know, kick at home that you could get. And then in the pen game, same thing, just a scoring drought. I think in that end of the first half of like five minutes, six minutes or something where the lead built up to 17 for Penn. I know we talked about Penn's a good team, gave Alabama trouble. Good, but you're at home and your province, you're a big East team. You can't lose that game. You, and especially the way it goes down where I know they came back and they fought to make it close, but you just can't lose that team for a team with the NCAA aspirations. You know, a, a lot of hype coming in, a lot of expectations. Games like this, that's that's not a good look. I mean, there's no other way around it. I don't want to say it's a bad loss because it's not. I think Penn's a good team for what it's worth. I just think maybe it's, I think so highly of PC and what they are, that it looks like a bad loss to me because they shouldn't lose that game. You know what I mean? At the dunk, think that's one of those, you got to go, be ready to go take care of business because if you're not, Penn's going to sneak up on you and they're a good team and they're going to play well. And it felt like that just seemed to happen again in this one with that sense of urgency early on, Bob wasn't there and then you combine that with Penn shooting lights out almost like I think it was like almost 60% for the game but that's just a tough one to swallow there's no other way around it I think you said it I mean a couple things here that kind of stick out one the slow starts I mean that's a great point by you you got a double digit deficit early to Merrimack which you came out of I mean I get it you won that game by like 40 but yeah um that just still that's down 20 to 10 or 21 10 there to Merrimack before you finally turn it up before you finally find out that they're all 6-4 and Nate Watson 6-9 and a beast and you just <laughs> give him the ball it was like they should have figured that out pretty early that was his first game back there against Merrimack uh they found fi- they found out that they could just feed him and he could dominate and uh bring them back into that one but you get a double digit deficit against Merrimack 
double-digit deficit at halftime against uh, Northwestern, and then the 17-point deficit against uh, Penn on Saturday, which is hard to come back from, especially a Penn team, though, shooting very efficiently. They were over 50% from the field. They were shooting well from three. They just kind of had it all going. They were not intimidated by uh, being on the road, true road game whatsoever. Uh, So the second thing here, Kyle, that I'll bring up, that I feel like Providence right now is struggling with is free throws. I mean, they struggled uh, against Northwestern with free throws. You know they struggled on Saturday against Penn. They were 50%, 54% from against Northwestern. Uh, I guess even, you know, even against Merrimack, um, they weren't all that great. They didn't shoot that many, 6 of 11, but I guess that's all right. But um, I just think that in these games, Northwestern, the two losses, and Penn, 54 and 50 percent from the from free throw line isn't going to do it you need those points you lost by six on saturday you could you were 10 to 20 from free throws you get a few more of those you're looking at a different ball game possibly in the second half no it's a really good point i mean i, I it's tough because so many teams struggled too like that that's pretty common for the free throw line but it's, it's one of the indicators of like just i mean it's a bunch of factors but focus dialed in ready to go like it just usually is an indicator of not having your best game not playing in your best way uh you mentioned nate watson a little bit suspect in that pen game just wasn't really out there playing like himself thinking only had four points in this one just never got going and has struggled mightily from the free throw line i don't know if you noticed in the first two games he's two of 13 like bad bad that's not good right now. I and mean, granted, he's never been a great free throw shooter, but he's certainly in a cold stretch to start this year. He certainly is not himself, and he's going to have to work his way back. But I I, I got to keep going back. The slow starts, right? Against a team like Merrimack, you can come out of it, right? Or those lower teams, like you can find ways to get it together, pull it out. But when you start to get even an average team like Penn, that makes it much more difficult to come out of. You can't keep falling behind that in Big East play against good and better teams because you're not going to be able to come back from that. You can't put yourself in that hole and expect to win all these games. You saw it even here at home where it's even sometimes at home, it's not enough with 10,000 on your side. Sometimes it's just not going to work that way. And so I feel like it's got to be at least mentioned. I wonder how worried like where Cooley is with that because it feels like every year at least they have one head scratcher and the non-conference that they lose. And so you're kind of wondering what's going on before they, you know, they flip that switch and eventually finish strong. So I kind of want to chalk it up to some of that, you know, just figuring it out. But at the same time, it's also, you know, been a repeated pattern here of slow starts, slow starts. And you have some very, very difficult non-conference games that are coming up. You're starting to hit the heart of your, you know, your schedule here and you got to figure out a way to pull it together to try to stop that and get out on a better positive note. So you can play consistently throughout the game. Yeah, the, I think those two things that we mentioned, slow starts, free throws, and then right now the ball's just not going down. And and for whatever reason, I kind of believe in their shooters. I believe in those guys, but they shot like 30-something percent on Saturday. The ball's just not going in the hoop right now. And they'll figure it out. It'll get That'll get fixed. I don't want to label that as too much of a problem, but shot selection could be something else here. Um, but you're going to face teams like even Rhode Island on the road. Tough road environment there, yeah. rivalry game, everything else. You can't start slow against that team. They've been flying on offense. I know they lost against LSU yesterday and everything else, but 83 points. Um, they have been getting it done. Fats Russell looks good. Florida, Texas, those games you can't start slow. So you're going to have to figure it out. And like you mentioned, I mean, the one pa- or a couple positive you could say here now to flip the coin Cooley does not seem rattled, and and I don't think he – I mean, he's definitely not happy, but he even came out on Saturday and said, we're a good team, we'll figure it out. You know, one of those things. He kind of believes in his team, he believes in the talent, and I do too. There's no doubt these guys will flip a switch and get it going and probably have a couple big wins here in non-conference, whether it's Florida, Texas, or Rhodey. Um but the one thing that they don't lack is confidence. So I guess that's a good yeah. thing, really, going down the stretch here is don't lose that. Continue to do what you're going to do. Shake these off, and you get an opportunity with some of these bigger games and the way your conference rolls that uh, you can still make it you know, into the NCAA tournament and, and do the right things. I almost feel like there's also that element of like coaches love this. Like to have that one game they can point to that you should have won and like not love it. Obviously, nobody likes losing, but like using it. As a learning tool to be in like, because for all we know, he could be in there talking about slow starts every single day at practice and keep hitting them, hitting home, hitting home every time they watch film. And then it finally pays off where you can't come out of the hole and he can sit there and be like, we've been talking about this. We can't get off these slow starts. We have to find ways to get going earlier, you know, and get guys involved. And now you can use it like a teachable moment to take that and run with it. Um, You mentioned, you know, some positives, too, because we've been I feel like we've just been slightly negative 
I don't know if it's negative or just being objective, but either way, I think it's probably, objective. I think it probably objective. has a little negative connotation. Right. There's certainly some positives come out for me. It's been Pipkins last two games. He's got going. I think he had 14 and 18. He's starting to hit his stride after he had a very slow start there. Um, also Malik White's turned it on He had 15 and he had 20 in the last game. So like a guy that's, you know, kind of been a bench key six man type thing. He's turned it on, picked up that guard play because in the absence in the last few to, you know, to kind of like mention the negative positive side by side, you, AJ Reeves, very slow to go here. Not really getting going. I know it's hard for guys, you know, everybody to have a good game at the same time. It's just not going to happen, but he's gotten off to quite the slow start this year. So you got to start to wonder like, is it just a bad stretch? What's going on? Because he started great last year. And then after the injury, he has not been the same player. And so even this year with time off, it's been, you know, is he just trying to figure out where he fits in, where his shots come from? Or is he struggling? Is it confidence? Because, you know, on that end, that kid, when he scores, he can score. So it's just trying to get him going, I think. And it it's really been a, a little bit of a grind so far. Yeah, Malik White, we know from last year, came out and had a great stretch run. Uh, Awesome player and just really was kind of their life on Saturday. Really kind of kept them in the game, uh, especially in that first half there. I thought he was a a star there uh, for the team. Just a little bit of a spark, not star, spark. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Pipkins has looked better. Definitely better in these games. Uh, Diallo's going to do what he did. Duke, this is probably his worst game. I, I thought just uh, just couldn't get anything going. Probably his worst game so far of the season. Uh, and the other positive too, you know, on a on a on a different note, uh, seeing Greg Gant out there was awesome. You know, played limited minutes and and was out there, but just awesome to see him after you know everything that he's been going through. Just I think probably basketball could be a good distraction with that family there. In, in Providence and Cooley and stuff. So I thought that that was great. Just I was surprised to see him warming up against Penn just after hearing the news, and that, that was awesome to see too. So um, hopefully he gets going and everything else. But you mentioned it, Malik White, uh, very good. Emmett Holt, pretty good in this one too. So you get those guys going. They have so much talent. That, you know, Like you mentioned, not everybody's going to have a good game, but they have so many guys that have the potential to have a good game. One or two of them do, and uh, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, and I'd be a little concerned. We talk about scoring and offense, but on that defensive end, giving up 80 at home, like I think you got to look at that and say, you know, where did we struggle? I think Penn shot 50% from three, like just had good looks too. They got, like I said, overall as a team, they shot like 60%. Like they're just getting too easy looks. I think when you look at that, they're going to be disgusted by the defensive display more than anything, where it's like, look, we got to band together. We know we can play. We know we have athletes, we can score, but we got to really unite on this end and you know, take care of business over here for some turnovers, get our athletes out and running. Cause right now I don't, I don't think there's a full commitment on that end to playing as well as they should be. I agree. So, I mean, they have some, they have a couple of days here to figure it out. They played on Saturday. Uh, they got long beach state in the wooden legacy. Like you mentioned on Thanksgiving day, that's a 2 PM game, uh, in California. That game is on ESPNU, uh, busy weekend though. I mean, they go Thursday, they go Friday either against Wake or College of Charleston, and then they got Sunday possibly if they if they make it there uh, for another game there. So possibly three games coming up this weekend, and then obviously the matchup with Rhodey that we will uh, preview next week. But um, they have a few days here to, to for Cooley to to get these guys in the gym, and then uh, you know go up against a team like Long Beach State, and then maybe College of Charleston. So I would think College of Charleston. I don't think Wake Forest is winning that game, but. Uh, yeah, Wake's also not that good. So. No, no, don't, don't. Yeah, don't be fooled by the name Wake Forest. Yeah, not you think good ACC <laughs> good, but no. no. Looking, at, looking at you, Davidson. <laughs> not good. That was bad. That was That's bad. Not, not good. <laughs> so let's switch it up. Let, I mean, let's go to the A-10. Oh, uh, we talked a little bit of Friars. Let's get to the Rhodey Rams. Uh, busy week, like we mentioned, for them. Uh, last time we talked, so they had Nickel State, a uh, nice little win there on Tuesday at home, North Texas, uh, decent win at the Jersey Mike's Jamaica Classic, and then obviously the game yesterday against LSU, a 96-83 to loss. Kyle, give me your thoughts, I guess, collectively, or if you just want to talk about yesterday on the Rams uh, in their week uh, last week. Uh, sure. I would say the biggest takeaway was two totally different games where the first one was a defensive grind struggle. Uh, North Texas, I think they're allergic to scoring the basketball aside from, I think that kid Gibson who like couldn't miss. Apparently, I think he almost yeah, he had half their good. team, half their points, but like everybody else was abysmal for the most part. So aside from that kid though, that was just a total grinded out game for Rhodey where North Texas played really good defense. Got to give them credit too. Like that's their kind of game there where they just muck it up and just, you know, try to beat you in the fifties or something. Um, but nice response by Rhodey, especially fats fats look awesome, especially on this overall trip. 
in Jamaica. Um, I would say that's probably been the biggest takeaway has been his consistency this year. His uh, shot selection, not perfect, but certainly improves to be attacking a lot. Thinking up with what is that four games in a row with 20 points now, 20 points or more where he's, you know, he's just certainly led that offensive charge uh, on that end, just getting after it. He's made some defensive plays, turnovers, he's finishing at the rim too, just so well. Uh, we know he can struggle sometimes shooting the three unless he's open, he'll nail him. But when he like stops settling and just drives and tries to finish, it looks so much better. And he looks just like that athleticism pays off and he looks awesome at that end. So in both games, really, even against LSU, just him taking it in. Uh, so he's probably the biggest thing or the most positive I've seen thus far. Um, aside from that, Langevin had a tough little stretch here, I guess you could say. I, I think in North Texas too, I don't think he was in foul trouble, right? He just didn't score well in that one. I think he it was like wasn't, three and it, He just didn't seem like he was – I don't know. Not. I don't want to say he wasn't in it, but it just – he was really a non-factor in that game against North Texas. Yeah, it didn't really get together. And then just for whatever reason against uh, LSU, he came out hot, thankfully. And, you know, that was great to see against a team with a lot of athletic bigs of their own, big bodies in the SEC team. And, you know, he came out, finished this with 16 in that one. But he just looked like he had much – he was much more into that game for sure. You know what I mean? He was dialed in or maybe they just – made that concerted effort to get him going early. And so against LSU, if you want overall, um, I like what I saw offensively for the most part. Uh, I think it was just defensively. They had a lot of breakdowns, obviously giving up 90 some odd points. I mean, that's not a good defensive game. And I know LSU averages like 80. They just run it up and down. But uh, if you're Rhode Island, you got to be a little concerned about that defensive end and just not getting really any stops, not making life difficult for LSU. They just, LSU has got a lot of playmakers. I mean, those guys, they shoot from anywhere. And they were absolutely hitting the majority of them. So I was kind of, you know, obviously impressed and knew how good LSU would be. But um, I would think that that defensive thing would probably be the number one thing, I guess, that Cox and the guys will look at about just trying to nail it down on that end. Yeah, the one thing, I mean, even especially when I watch LSU against VCU and everything else, I've just felt like in the past um, we struggle with, like, the the bigger athletic guarded teams. Like, the LSU is just tall. Like, I, I feel like to them, or long at least. They might not be tall, but to me they appear long on the court. So I kind of had a feeling that we would struggle with a team like this, uh, and we did. The one guy, uh, Williams, for LSU, yeah, just like yeah, on the offensive off. rebounds. I mean, that's where Langevin, I think, did struggle yesterday in terms of just the rebounding. That guy had like five or six offensive. It just seemed like he was grabbing all of them. I think offensive rebounds as a total, they had like 12 or so um, against us. So that was a little bit of an issue in that, you know, that does come down to the defensive breakdowns. But, you know, it's LSU. It's a tough opponent. Um I didn't really anticipate them winning. I kind of like the way that they've played Maryland and LSU so far this year. They've competed in both games. They've shown some flashes of, of some good stuff, and they've shown some bad. But, you know, you can work on it in the non-conference, and I do take that as a positive. You mentioned it. Fats Russell, uh, right now, so far, obviously the best player, uh, looking very good, getting to the rim. You said driving. I mean, that's exactly what he's been doing. Um, but one concern also with this team is the three-point shooting. It wasn't there really against Nickel State, wasn't there against uh, North Texas, and it certainly wasn't there yesterday besides Fats Russell. But uh, that is a, a, an area of scoring where we've seen them. If they can you know, limit the shots but make them, I mean, five made threes, you'd like to see a little bit more than that, at least with how many attempts they had. I think 5-19, and 19, I'm looking at the scoreboard here. Three-point shooting does worry me. We can go hot and cold from there, and uh, that can impact us. Yeah, and I think we're a little hypersensitive to that because of the abysmal shooting from three last year that it's like you can't help but look at it. You know what I mean? Every time one goes up, like even when one misses, you almost like count it as two misses just in your head because you forget about the ones you make and just, you know, that, that feeling at least when they go up that they're not shooting well when in actuality they've been – Okay, so far, I guess is the best way to put it. Not great, but okay. Um, but it's certainly, you know, something you got to mention and to be wary of when you mention with Russell as well. Um, I did want to say about Harris in the LSU game. He racked up his falls. It's going to happen. We've seen that pretty consistently. But I thought he had an all right game. I mean, it wasn't like going to blow you away with six points or anything, but he had a few blocks in there. I felt like at times he held his own that it wasn't, a perfect display, but I think he gave some good minutes in there. And, and I, I think he can take something from this game, like some kind of confidence boosting. Cause we've seen Harris struggle at different times. And I thought in this one, you know, it, again, it's not this masterpiece of any sorts, but I thought it was a 
better type of game for him, just limiting limiting his shots rather, not too many, and just kind of picking his spots of when he can be effective. And I, I thought he did it a few times. Well, I would say the road talk curse is pretty much in effect in, a, in an opposite way. We saw, we spoke on Monday, but Tuesday against Nickel State, you know, they were talking about it against North Texas, didn't commit a foul. I thought he was pretty decent against um, – uh, nickel state i thought against north texas he played 20 minutes they weren't like like you mentioned they weren't they're not like the most effective minutes and he did have like one or two bad fouls there that drove me nuts but overall he stayed in the game and he was able to be there um you know down low presence when you know somebody like langevin was struggling there for most of the game and yesterday too i mean lsu's tough yeah he fouled up he racked up his fouls but i kind of felt the same way i thought you know these last three games have kind of been a building block he's looked better um, and able to stay out of foul trouble longer. Like to me, it's usually been two quick fouls within four minutes and then he's done. But he's been kind of just picking his spots and doing a little bit better. I have felt that these last three games he has been better. It's nothing overly impressive or anything like that, but it's better. It's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm getting at. I mean, you look at this, you know, if you look at a box score, 18 minutes, fouled out like six points, like, oh, that's probably not that good. But like, I felt while watching, I was like, all right. You know, like I kind of, you know what you're going to get for the most part there. And so just to see him, you know, get some easy buckets. And I thought he was, like I said, competitive down low against a really good front line of LSU. He had a couple of blocks in there. He made some plays, got a couple of rebounds. Like he just, he looks the part because he looks freakish athletic. He's big. And so like kind of see him push some guys around in this game was like encouraging to a degree. I was like, all right, here we go. Because in the A-10, between him and Langevine, they could dominate some games. Absolutely. Right. But their sheer size and athleticism where I'm like, if this kid can bring it and just, you know, the fouls, if he can try to find a way to stay on the court, I think he can be impactful. I feel like he got the bad end of like definitely one call. They call it, he tried to take a charge and, you know, they called the block on him and I felt bad because I really thought it was the other way and he was in good position and just, you know, sometimes he gets caught in those where like he gets over, but he's just a hair too late. And so it's like these really close fouls that just don't go his way, and you can see how discouraged he is when he's trying to make the right play. Um, and I felt like there was a couple of those that I, I think went against him when really I thought it could have made a case that he made a good play. Um, uh, sorry, can I just say one thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm all over the place. But, like, Tyrese Martin, where are you at, man? Well, I that, love you. That was a tough LSU game. Could have used him. I was going to bring that up. I thought yesterday <laughs> he was kind of – he disappeared. I mean, He had he a tough one. He, he, he had a tough game yesterday. And, and to be honest, you know, even though against North Texas the box score shows because he had those threes, I felt like he disappeared in that Texas game at times uh, as well. Which um, one do you have the Tech in? The Tech uh, – North Texas. Right? Was that the game? I'm yeah. make sure it wasn't that was his, that was his, Well, he had one against Maryland. He had one against North Texas. I don't think he had yeah. – I don't believe he had one yesterday too, but – I don't um, think so. No, he did. It was, did, one, it was yeah, one of the games in Jamaica. I just forgot which. Yeah, North Texas. Point. Okay, North Texas for sure. Um, but yeah, I thought that he even against North Texas. I mean, the box score looks different, but to me, um, expecting a little bit more out of him. But you know, it could be right now. It's kind of been the Jeff Doughton, Fats Russell show. So he'll his yeah. his time will shine. But right now, Fats and those guys are dominating the ball. So hey, when Fats is on, we've seen it before. He can take over, and you just kind of let him go. Because you um, go as much as he can carry you. The one thing I did want to say was: Is the podcast's favorite player Jacob Toppin? <laughs> he's he's the early he's candidate. The early he's got to be the front runner <laughs> he's right the now. Front runner right now. I mean, just like you know, they say chicks dig the long ball. I'm a sucker for some good athleticism and good yep. dunks. And let me tell you, he's got at least one every game, if not an alley oop or something. We'll That's back. just the kind of player we haven't really had in a while, Bob. We haven't had a kid that can probably jump like this. I mean. I'm trying to think of like just honest jump flyers like that. What Ulmer? Like I, I, I don't want to like you know try to think guys in between. Then we've had good basketball players, maybe not right. a kid with that kind of, you know, ups. No, and yeah, it's just fun to watch. And once yeah. in a while, it's like, oh, you know, this kid is he's raw and he's got some skills. He's working on everything, but just he has a knack for just getting in and getting nice putbacks, dunks, just finishing, which is sometimes hard to do. But he he seems to get right in there. He's playing massive minutes for a freshman that was basically not recruited. I mean, <laughs> and we got late, and we got late, late in the spring. Like, I mean, I just I respect that because he wasn't supposed to be in this position quite yet either. Especially no. you know with Walker, it was expected, and some minutes to Shepard. Like you just expected limited minutes from him, but he's been thrust into this role early, and I think he's shown that you know he can play. It's Tate, and then it's Toppin off the bench. That's basically yeah. what it's been. So uh, right. he's played 22 minutes yesterday against LSU, 5 or 13 from the field. Not too bad, kid. And then, you know, against North Texas, he's playing 18 minutes. He's just racking up minutes, and so that's good stuff. I like it. Promising. Um, 
promising for sure. So if he can be anything like his brother, his brother just dominated Anthony Edwards <laughs> against Georgia. Oh, you did you? I don't know. If you, so, I was watching uh, that game. I, I mean, he's blowing up. Obviously, we know who Toppin is, and a lot of you know people he just blew have up but today like, for sure. Jay Billis was like, no, this kid's like top ten before the game, and then he goes out and against Anthony Edwards, a potential number one overall pick. Toppin just had a game. So if you're not paying attention now, people better be paying attention. Anthony, <laughs> like was, this kid is legit. There was at one point because I was I I bet on it, so I was watching it. Um, Anthony Edwards was like two points, one of six from the field. Toppin ended up finishing the game with like 25, 26 points. I mean, he completely uh, put on a show today. His name is on a map now. I mean, he's on mock drafts tomorrow. There's no doubt about it. Cause, he should have been. Because he should have been already. But, like, um, I, I know sometimes it just takes a little while in different games and exposure, but like, I don't know. I feel like the rest of us, at least, sometimes the A-10 could be a hidden gem sometimes. Every once in a while, you get a player, and he's that kind of player this yep. year that comes along, and you're like, yeah, nobody else in the league has that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody does. And you got a lot of good players, but nobody's that guy. So Rhode Island here, not as busy of a Thanksgiving break, but they do have a home game against Manhattan. That's Wednesday, 4 p.m. Uh, it's on Cox Ooh. and ESPN Plus. And four then you know, games, huh? What's Sorry, yeah. I'm like, I cut you off a lot, but like 4 o'clock, nice yeah. little I was surprised snuck in that. there, a little game snuck in yeah. before you go out on your Wednesday night and go not, see your old friends. Not too bad, but you know, the one game that I think everybody kind of circled again because we beat them last year, so you get the true road test Sunday, 2 p.m., uh, West Virginia. So, I mean, you got Manhattan, West Virginia, Ooh. and then you got Providence on Friday. So it's not a, a, a busy week. You're not playing any tournaments or anything like that, but you're going to be tested against Manhattan at home, and then you're going to have to get ready and prepare to travel down to West Virginia and hopefully maybe take down Huggy Bear. So yeah. um, tough I mean, challenge. It's a tough challenge, but, like, you know, we talk about, hey, good job against, you know, you go out, you played at Maryland tough, LSU tough, good. But, you know, those are a couple opportunities now that have come and gone. You, you played well, but you got to find ways to win. If you want to be NCAA now, it's getting to that point where you got to get the resume wins. You got to start winning some of these. Alabama's a nice one, but, you know, West Virginia on the road would go a long way because they look a lot better this year. They're a pretty good team. Like the Providence game eventually coming up, like you got to get some wins, though. Not playing close isn't going to cut it sometimes. If you want to, you know, get that resume and get, you know, solid wins under you, we, we can't stop talking about moral victories anymore. It's got to be, let's go. I'd argue that I think. You know, for them to really have a, a solid chance at the NCAA tournament, they got to win two out of these next three, easy. And I, I don't mean Manhattan; I mean West Virginia, Providence, and Western Kentucky. They got to get two out of those yep. three. They can't go over three in those; they don't have a chance. Yeah. So I mean, at least one of them. At least one of them. Two would really bolster you, I think, on the national level of like, you know what I mean, separating. Yeah. But yeah, you got to get at least one to keep it within shot. Because the good news is, though, this year A10 is much improved. And yeah. we've seen it. These teams are much better. So yep. it's like you can still get quality wins. Where last year, there were none to be found. It was just a bunch of landmines. Except for right? Davidson. Yeah. And I mean, like, for, for the most part. But even them. I, I wouldn't be surprised I'd turn around. Would you? Oh, no, I'm, like, ju- I'm just got, kidding. I'm you just know what kidding. I mean? Like, it's just, I know they haven't come out as they should be. But I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they do figure it out with the talent and coach they have there. They're usually pretty good. But, like, that's the nature of the league this year where even, okay, I want you to take advantage of these non-conference opportunities. But, like... It's not the end of the road per se. You're just, right. you know, losing one after another. You need to do something other than A10, but you can still get some quality wins. So they're there, Bob. You win the games. You got a shot at getting in. Yeah, I'm only, I mean, Davidson, you got Kellen Grady and John Axel Goodmanson. You're going to figure it out, I think. Bob, Bob will yeah. figure that one we out. Got, we got to throw some digs yeah. in there. But yeah. to be honest, I mean, Richmond looks pretty decent right now, too. They got a yeah. bunch of senior guys that can shoot. They're definitely better. Uh, Davidson is obviously has the talent. Dayton just beat the crap out of Georgia. They're looking to take down Michigan State, hopefully, if Michigan State takes care of Virginia Tech tonight. Um, you obviously have VCU ranked number 20 today. So A10 looks good. UMass is, UMass is sneaky good right now. They're really young. That's true. I saw that too. They, they're just young. I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, how far they go. I don't know. Usually that freshman wall hits, but like talent wise, then they look much better after looking pretty dismal the last couple of years. So that game at UMass, sometimes it's a morgue in there that can work to their benefit because nobody gets up for that game when they go play them. I mean, we lost that ask, game last year. Ask Dayton. I think Dayton's lost like four years in a row there. Like that doesn't make sense. Dayton's good every year, and they can't win at UMass. I don't understand it either. Like, I'm not kidding, Bob. Look that up. I, I get sometimes lost in those, like, A-10 boards, and it's like Dayton people be like, all right, here we go. We got to go play at UMass. Like, just forget about it. We're not going to win. I'm like, what? It's UMass. But they're not kidding. They don't win there, and I don't get it. So, 
just watch out could happen again because now they actually have some talent over there they look it's, they look pretty good it's not similar i mean because we have one there but whenever we go to fordham i hate that game i don't know Ugh, play so hate, terrible at rose I, hill didn't they like that same thing you're right at fordham don't want to even watch it oh it's just it it's not worth it your blood pressure is going to rise even if you win you're not going to be happy it's just a it's like going to the dentist i don't know getting a root canal it's not fun so all right. Well, this weekend we have college football. We have our college football locks of the week. Thank you to Kyle for picking Penn State, getting us a win. Let's uh, go. BC did not cover. They mm, didn't mm. cover whatsoever. <laughs> kind of knew that would happen. I mean, nice second half bet, Kyle. Me and you. Nice job. Oh, yeah. No, we nailed that. We didn't announce it to the podcast, but we did take Notre Dame minus seven and a half, second half. We won that one. Um, good stuff, though. So the podcast, I believe, 14 and uh, 11 on the season with the picks. Not bad. I think no, that's hold right. on, hold on, hold on. Fourteen and twelve. Fourteen and twelve. Because we were thirteen and nine. We lost two in a row. Yeah. So I need to give you guys a winner this week. So uh, that's that's my that's my that's my uh, gift to you. I will try to give you one. Um, Kyle, good job. Penn State played solid. I mean, they they definitely. I was a little worried at first. Twenty. Be honest. Yes, but twenty was definitely too much. That's all I felt. I mean, like even the morning of, I obviously texted you, and I was like, "What was I thinking?" Like I got terrified the morning of when the game came around. I just had a bad feeling that it was going to be 40 to nothing kind of thing. And the game started and I was like, "Uh Oh, everything's coming true. But Penn State kind of settled in after a while, you know, that rough start, but they really came in and they slowed Ohio state down, which I was kind of surprised because no team has done that yet this year. Um, you know, they were able to make it competitive, come back to, I think a touchdown game at one point uh, before, you know, Ohio state kind of pulled away and then that was that, but uh, yeah, it just goes back to our point of, I just thought it was too many points. You know, I know Ohio State's better, going to win. Like, that was never in doubt for me. I just, I thought it was more like 10 to 14. I know it's a big range, but around there would have been a respectable kind of thing. Not 19. I just felt like that was simply too much. And I, you know, I respect Penn State's defensive ability to kind of make some stops. And they certainly did in that one. So, And so uh, what do you got for us this week? We got week 14, college football, road talk, lock of the week. What do we got here? A little bit of rivalry week? You know, a couple games? Oh, yeah. Fun a lot games. of games. So what do you I got? kind of had some trouble this week, Bob. To be honest with you, like I don't see anything that I love, but I got games that I like, and so I had to pick one of them. Uh, first off, side note: Virginia Tech is ranked. I they, they have sneaky one. I think uh, every game since. No, I mean they lost to Notre Dame, but they played them tough. Um, I thought they stunk. They they were supposed to stink, but they've been winning, dude. I mean that's that's all I know. Like they beat Pitt. They beat Georgia Tech. They beat Wake Forest. Um, they've just been kind of rattling off wins after that bad start. Their only loss is Notre Dame, and you know they're eight and three now. I think so. Notre Dame has a top twenty-five win all of a sudden in there. All of a sudden, another one mixed in. Yeah. Anyway, here we go. Doesn't matter. I just I was very surprised when I saw that. I got to be honest. I didn't even know they crept in. Um, but my luck. Uh, this week we got Iowa traveling to Nebraska. Uh, Iowa's favored by six. I am 100% just going to take Iowa on this one. Nebraska is terrible. And I know they're sitting, well, wait a minute. Iowa, are they that good? Uh, no, but they play sound defense. Not bad team overall offense. They do a lot of running, possession, hold the ball. And uh, I've been fading Nebraska several times this year because they were supposed to be, quote, a back team. You know, it's Nebraska back. And then they got smoked by Ohio State, and that was pretty much the end of them. They still stink. So I am just going to take Iowa on the road. Uh, by a touchdown, I won't be surprised. I have, I just have zero faith in Nebraska. The games I've watched, I have been not impressed in any way. So, I, I, and I ha- like I said, I've taken, what I take, Iowa, Illinois last week, the under in that one. That was kind of brutal, but that worked because Illinois couldn't score Good against defense. them. And I'm, you know, I just, yeah, I see the Iowa thing and I'm like, look, I don't know how Nebraska scores enough. I so, like that. Minus, minus six in the road. It's a lot of points in the road, I know. Ranked team to go, but I just have that little faith. I got five and a half on sports action. Take the five and a half. You All know, right, we'll take, take five take and a half. Take the five and a half. Just, just, you know, just a little safety there. Take the five of course. Um, so I'm actually going to go, surprisingly, I'm going to go big game this week. I'm going to go probably the biggest game, maybe the most watched game. Yeah. Um, Ohio State, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to take the Buckeyes, minus nine on the road against uh, Harbaugh in the big house. I just think right now, like, you know, everybody's thinking uh, it could be a closer game. 
Harbaugh's rattled off a bunch of big wins. He beat the crap out of Notre Dame. He beat the crap out of Michigan State. You know, he just won big against Indiana. Now the Buckeyes are going to come in. Everybody's going to think, oh, well, you know, they did struggle against a good team like Penn State. Oh, the rivalry, everything else. Buckeyes are going to go in there and beat the crap out of Michigan. Michigan stinks. Shea Patterson stinks. I truly believe that. I'm going to take the Buckeyes minus nine. Oof. I think it's a lot of points, no? I don't doubt that they win because, I, I mean, who doesn't want to watch Michigan lose? I got no problem with that. That's that's a fun thing to do. But, yeah, I think they smoke them. Well, I, I say smoke. Right. But, I mean, they win convincingly. But I don't think – yeah, yeah no, it's not going to be like last year, whatever it was, like 63 Ooh. to 21. Like, I'm not I'm not expecting that. But I could I could see, you know, 44-20 or, you know, some, somewhere around there. I could just see them pulling away uh, at least by 10 at a minimum. I, I could see that. I mean, they just had their number. They have just absolutely killed Michigan every it's single year. Just the role that Michigan's on right now. Everybody's going to yeah. be on Michigan. Oh my god, they're <sighs> nine point dogs at home against Ohio State. They're doing like, what I'm doing. We're getting suckered right in, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it because I'm even looking at the money line. It's like plus two eighty. I'm like, well, it's not a bad bet, you know. Just throw yeah. a little bit on that. They've been scoring. Their know? offense is working. They're putting up forty plus every game. And now Ohio State's going to walk in the obviously better team. Chase Young should be back, I believe, too. Yeah, he um, played last week. Did he play last week too? Yeah. Um, they're just going to they're just going to go in there and roll. Harbaugh thanks. I just worry about like even like the Penn State one where you see the number and you're like, well, yeah, they're going to win, but like how much? And then at the end of the game, you know, Penn State kind of comes back and is able to cover. That's all I worry about with like the Michigan. Yeah, one. yeah, it's 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 obviously true. Um, but I Sorry. honestly thought it might open up at like eleven or twelve. So when I saw single digits. Just took it. And I might take it just because it's under that 10. I get worried that it would move above that, you know? It it's could, weird, but I try to expect gonna, what the I line would do. the other way. I think it's going to move so? the other way. Yeah. Oh, I hope so, because then I really will take Ohio State. Like, right, or or it just stays at 9. You know what I mean? Or it just Maybe. stays. So. I like it under 10. Like that That benchmark's a good number to be under. That's but, that's going to be the one I'm going to watch this week, Bob. See that line. See where it goes. Yeah. Especially I mean, if it goes towards Michigan. <laughs> give me Ohio State. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this is the bet of my life. Um, all right. Just go with history. Just Harbaugh against Ohio State just does not go well. You Harbaugh, know, if it ain't broke, don't yeah. fix it. Yeah. I mean, uh, like the Notre Dame game, people might like lean on. That was just a crap show. That I I wouldn't put any stock into that whatsoever. No, I think that was a combination of just Michigan trying to get back, but also – Notre Dame just not being that good. Being I mean, even after think about it. After the game, uh, Michigan came in ranked number fifteen. Where'd they go after that? Fourteen. They moved yeah, up like, one yeah, spot. Like tough, it didn't tough, even tough. move the needle for anybody to see them smoke Notre Dame. Like it didn't do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, uh oh. <laughs> like you thought something would jumpstart to them. It didn't move. Over the last couple of weeks, they've made their way up as other teams have lost. So now they're up to I think ten, right? So like that's worked, but it's not like you got the big jump like I thought mm-hmm. we might see or something um, from getting that win. So uh, nice. ish. we'll see what happens with that one. So we got we got Iowa minus five and a half. We got Ohio State minus nine. So let's see what happens. Hopefully we uh, get you some more winners uh, next this week. So I like you going big game this week. You know, yeah, yeah. Hope just switching it up. I because I'm probably gonna end up. I'm definitely betting that game too. So there's no doubt about it. I'm gonna be watching that game. So. Um, mm. All right, Kyle, that is the show. Wow, close to an hour this week. A lot to get to, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but like I mentioned, you can follow us at Road Talk on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review if you can. Please, five stars only. Uh, that is the show. We'll see you next week. See you.